0: Welcome back everybody to Get Low. I am Joe. I am Aaron. And uh, Aaron miscued there, but it's okay. He's still learning. Yep. (laughs) Yep, How are you, sir? I'm
1: doing great, dude. How about yourself?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I I, uh, honestly am deep diving into music right now because there's just so much going on that I have to work on with music, but it's a good day for music. It's a it's a very it good day for music. And um honestly I'm excited to jump right into what we're going to talk about because this is this is something you and I were kind of discussing ahead of time and we didn't want to go too much into it so we didn't you know over talk it before we talk it. Uh and uh if you couldn't tell, you know by the title if you're listening, uh you know some things happened with some uh childhood bands uh that you know we grew up listening to but Aaron I want you to start pal because you, you brought me a cryptic message and I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, but give, give some details to what, what it is first.
1: All right. All right. So for anyone that knows me, which a lot of you may, a lot of you may not, I, you know that I'm a huge fan of under oath, uh, been, they were the first band that basically got me into any type of alternative music that was not, you know, bluegrass country or Christian and gospel. And, uh, yeah. So, um, Jump right to it. Um, we had Erase Me come out a couple years ago, and it was, you know, it was a great album in my opinion. You may not hold the same opinion, but that's fine. And uh, today we got a we got a cryptic, you know, teaser. We got a profile picture change, a timeline photo change, and we got a. After we talked, actually, Joe, we got a, a little video that says, "Do you want to watch?" Well, huh. which. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Do you want to watch that sound, sound a little dirty, but you know, I don't think that's how it was intended to sound. And that's, I'm excited for whatever's coming with them.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could really take that in any direction. If you think about yeah, it.
1: Any. Yeah.
0: Like that's, so, uh, that can get real filthy real fast. <laughs> hey
1: man, and maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they sat down and were like, you know, let's, let's make them think about it a little bit.
0: Well, I, I'm curious though, about the direction. Like, so, I mean, this could very well be a single teaser. This could be a, an album teaser, but so, their last album that dropped, I mean, th- they, them doing that really came out of nowhere. Like, it did. It, um, and it, it, like, I just, I, I'm curious as to the direction they're going to go. Cause so, so for those of you who may not have ever listened to Under Oath, and, and Aaron can certainly clarify this a lot more, cause he's definitely more the Under Oath side than I am. But I- as far as their last album goes, I would go as far as saying it did not sound anything like their old stuff.
1: You know, you know, and that seems to be the, um, the majority opinion there. Um, but like, I, I will, I will argue that there are a few moments on an album that bring you back to, you know, 2006 when Define the Great Line" was the biggest thing on the rock slash Christian mar- music market. And, uh, there's definitely a few hints in there that bring you back there but yeah no for the majority it's a completely different sound it's a I mean it was a rebranding it was dropping the whole Christian band thing like they definitely they didn't just take a step forward they took a step left right and then forward like
0: so that would keep them on the same path You got it. If you think about it left and then right and then forward they're still on the same path.
1: They, yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think that one through.
1: Look, all, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is they're the same group of people. They just took a different path to get there instead of straight. They went left and right. Yeah.
0: Whatever well, Joe said. So one thing I will say, and, and uh, for, and, and we, we preached this a lot in the last episode. Uh, if you're a, a listener from our previous episodes, uh, uh, when the, when get low was first a thing, you'll know that I am very open-minded when it comes to music. I'm a longtime musician uh, and I am very much the kind of person that I don't like feeling trapped inside of a box. Um, I like being experimental. Um, now, granted, if you are, you know, in Underwood's case, when they, when they were, well, when they were coming up in in, in the Christian metal, you know, Christian alternative scene, uh, you know. You can't, you're not necessarily in a box, but you do need to stay within the the confines while still experimenting. Like you need to make sure your sound sounds like you, you can't have. Especially when you're coming up. Correct. You can't have five 10 15 different songs that all sound completely different or maybe one or two of them sound the same and the rest sound different whatever may be like Mm -hmm. it's difficult for bands to do that because it doesn't like yes you can it's kind of pandering to all audiences which in a way is good but at the same time it's there's no continuity to it you know like there's there's no real uh, context of song to song because it it won't it won't flow track to track um but you know still even even still like staying within the confines of that box and experimenting a little bit is good they completely changed their box like if you listen to their old stuff and then listen to erase me the, the like there it's it's very much so let me let me say this when when uh i believe it was rapture and on my teeth was it
1: those are the two leading singles to the Yeah. Album, so
0: th- yeah. those are the two singles that came out. And when those came out, everyone was kind of like,
1: What? Well, well, hold back up a second. So On My Teeth was actually released first, right? Correct. And On My Teeth was one of those moments that I was talking about where they had a little bit of the original Underoath flair to them. And it was heavy. You know, the only difference I would say is they, you know, Underoath was never the type of band to have like a like a chorus. I, and and they, they they went kind of verse to verse and they just had random things thrown into their songs and that's just how they did things yeah um the only the only thing on on my teeth that kind of struck, took people by surprise was i would argue them dropping the f-bomb was a bigger factor than them changing their sound on that oh table.
0: absolutely the world flipped flipped turned upside down when they did that
1: but yeah, and, and then when Rapture came out, there was, they were like, they moved on from the F-bomb and they were now focused on the lack of screaming, more Spencer singing, less Aaron, all that. So, yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: I just, I, I genuinely feel like, but that's the thing is, if you listen to the whole album, it still doesn't sound like that. Like, I agree, they, they, they never really gravitated towards having a chorus in their songs, but it was also a lot of melodic chaos. Like their music mm-hmm. was very much so melodic chaos growing up. And that's what really, that was their niche, like their niche yep. market. that was Their their niche was, you know, melodic chaos. And it worked so very well for them that when they put this out, it, when they put a race me out in 2019, it almost seemed like, it almost seemed like they were, was it, wait, no, 2018. Sorry. 20, um,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that for a second. I was like, wait, was it really only two years ago?
0: <laughs> yeah. So when they put it out in 2018, it was, it was almost as if they were trying to like pander to the market, pander to the audience because it, it went from the sound that they had to granted it's a new revitalized sound. And in some ways I kind of like it in some ways I don't. Um, it's not everybody's flavor, but in some, in a majority of the ways of their music, it sounded like they went from being them to pandering to the audience a bit more uh of you know people who would listen to like uh Sirius XM's Octane channel you know Mm. the 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 pop rock if you will the uh the your your pop evils and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch on this one because I know some people might get mad at me for this the the five finger death punches if you will oh my no look now all right, I, hang on and i'm gonna clarify real quick i want to clarify i'm in no way saying that they sound like five finger death punch i'm saying that they went down the same path as five finger death punch as in if you listen to five finger death punch's first album the way of the fist i believe it was that was a phenomenal album it was metal it was heavy it was rocking it was just in your face the very next album still really good couple elements of pop and then after that, it's been, it's been radio rock, like mm-hmm. constant radio rock. And I feel like when Under Oath released Erase Me, uh, they went radio rock and they, they, well, like, they navigated let me, away.
1: Let me throw up a quick defense to that. Okay. So being the Under Oath stan, admittedly that I am, um, I also have followed both Aaron and Spencer's side projects throughout the years. And um. Aaron, you know I don't I don't know if you remember but do you remember Aaron's band the almost absolutely okay great band right I, I, I would say that you you I, do you like them what is your opinion on the almost real quick
0: oh dude I lo- I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really hurt some feelings with this I think the almost is better than under oath
1: you know what I'll take it for the sake of my argument okay so <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the almost which was Aaron Gillespie's project uh-huh. was a very At times, Southern rock, but it was mostly a mainstream rock sounding album with like hints of punk in there.
0: I would fully disagree, but go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, my point is, it was more radio friendly than Define the Great Line. Can we agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt.
1: One of the reasons Aaron left the band supposedly was because he he wanted a different sound. Now we put two and two together. We figure out. there was a lot of issues with the band at the time, but yeah, that was, that was what Aaron was saying. And then you got Spencer who I guess was kind of in the middle of it, but he had a side project once under a disbanded in 2015. I'm going to, I'm going to get crucified for that. But, uh,
0: uh, the last album that dropped was an EP called active depression. It was 2013.
1: No, no, That was one of the first two albums they ever wrote. They re-released it on Spotify. <laughs>
0: um uh then I, th- let's they see. broke up in 2013
1: i'm sorry it was 2013
0: yeah I'm, I'm using my spotify uh my spotify anthology knowledge over here uh to see what dates look like and uh the last full albums you have 2013 they released active depression and cries of the past uh 20 2011 was play your old stuff uh 2010 yeah, was disambiguation it was
1: around it was right around the play your old stuff. So it was like 2011, 2012, something like that. But the taste or uh, the act of depression and all that, those were like way early on before Aaron and Spencer were even in the band, they just re-released them and Spotify has got the dates fucked up. Um, but anyway, um, under Earth, uh, Spencer had a side project called sleep wave when under Earth broke up and it was very, a very similar style to what Erase me was my, my only argument here is I definitely think that Spencer and Aaron came together and made something that they wanted to make. I don't necessarily think they were doing it for the radio or, you know, like, but I mean, I guess that, that only the band members would know that for sure. I'm just, I'm just saying what I've gathered from what I've seen.
0: Well, so it's kind of like the same complex you have with um, bring me the horizon. Okay. And I know you're a, a major bring me the horizon stand. So, this is this might crush your soul a little bit but we, but you and i you and i have genuinely had conversations about them uh because it's kind of like the same concept with ollie you know ollie if you listen to their new album ollie definitely put a lot more uh of his spin on it than the band it's it's definitely the ollie show in my opinion um but when it comes to Underoath, like, so using Under in the almost here, and then, you know, wrapping in how Bring Me the Horizon did it, Bring Me the Horizon and Under Oath did very similar things where they were writing super heavy music that was niche, that was them, you knew it was them when you heard it on, you know, in your earbuds, you knew it, it was them when you were hearing it on the radio or hearing it on a CD or hearing it at a festival, like you knew it was them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you hear their new stuff and you go, what is this? because it doesn't sound like them now using the almost uh the thing i would say with the almost is that was aaron's way of absolutely doing what he wanted to do he wanted to create always
1: been aaron's baby
0: correct it's he wanted to write groovy southern rock that was playable to all audiences and that's exactly what he accomplished Mm -hmm. like uh say this sooner
1: great so um, that brings me back joe yeah
0: yeah <laughs> that was the song that i remember waking up to every morning when i would turn on am tv when you know when when you're playing am tv and uh when you're getting ready for school like that was uh, mixed in with, along with like kill switch engage uh uh the used um like so many different bands at that time and the almost really, really like made a, a, a name for themselves with that album, Southern Weather. Like I can listen to Southern Weather front to back and not get bored of it. It's one of the few albums that I can genuinely do that too because it's a beautiful, beautiful record that has great melody, great sound. And it's it tells a story, the songs connect. And it's the same thing I was saying earlier with Under Oath, how with Under Oath, those songs connect. Like you have this melodic chaos that brings song to song. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would genuinely go out and say that Aaron should have left that style, that radio playable style with the almost continue that as a side project and bring under oath back with, you know, and with all the guys, him and Spencer link up on some ideas, bring all the guys into it and really make it what under oath could, what should be. Now, I also know this again, as a musician, your fans can't dictate your sound. No, your fans cannot in any way dictate your sound because the music you make is the music you're playing. The music you play is is, it has to be the music you like, Mm -hmm. because I can tell you right now, I've been in some bands where we wrote songs and I was outvoted. I hated those songs. I, I think back and I'm and I mean, guys, if you listen to this, don't hate me. But I think back to when I played in a small town band called Blow Before Dawn. And we had a song called and I'm gonna butcher this name because I did it every single time. I'm fairly certain it was pronounced Naza Mokta And we called it NASA. Mm-hmm. And this was our vocalists at the time, this was his take on black metal. Okay. We were not a black metal band. We played a we played a trivium cover for God's sakes. We played a lamb of God cover. Like we we had some originals mm-hmm. but we were we were nowhere near a black metal band. And the reason we played that song was only because I got outvoted. Right. I I swore against it because it didn't sound like us. And the thing was, when you went and played it at shows, like when we went and played it at shows, these, like the people in the crowd who were listening to us were like, what is this? And not in a good way. They were just kind of like, what? Yeah. It's, it, it's such a harsh turn. Now I what you're saying. Now, because, you know, because of that, you know, did we, was that our ultimate failure? No, not in any way. No, like we still had other good songs, but when, when you change so drastically uh, the sound and the style, it, it, it's noticeable. And you're going to get some, you know, some, some probably negative feedback for it. You're going to get, you're going to get some, you know, negative connotation towards it. Um, now, again, I'm saying this from just kind of like a center standpoint, like someone who enjoys music, I've listened to the under, under well, listened to under earth a long time. I listened to the almost, I'm not going to try and, you know, uh, compare apples and oranges here, uh, cause they are two very different bands, but when it comes down to style, like staying within your lane is never a bad thing. You know, no,
1: it's not and and like what i guess what i what i was gonna say to that is i don't think that uh erase me was under oaths best album by far however i do think that when, when you have a group of guys that were basically a family for as long as they were you know they basically lived together for years on the road and they yeah. just completely split went their separate ways i mean and then you get all those guys back in a room you know what I think it was Aaron's first time back in like nine years or some shit. Like they, they, they from, from, what I've, from what I understand, they all got together and they were like, look, we spent the, our whole career fighting over everything. How we wanted the music to sound, how we wanted to promote it. Did we wanna be a Christian band? What record label should we be on? But we're gonna get together and we're gonna agree on this. We're gonna do it our way. And I think that's what helps me appreciate, erase me a lot more. And also, I feel like they had to have Erase Me to, you know, have what comes next, whatever that may be, Mr. Uh, Twitter account that's been teasing me for the last 48 hours.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Like, and I feel like the next album is going to sound a lot like Erase Me. I feel like their next album is going to continue down that path. And for the sake of continuity, I hope it does. For the sake of the fan base and continuity, I really, really hope it does. Because... Uh, I, I, another band that comes to mind and thinking of how they drastically change their styles is Lincoln park.
1: I was just about to bring Lincoln park up actually. So thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Lincoln park, like if you go back and listen to their stuff, and I'm actually going to pull up their discography real quick, cause I want actual genuine names. So that way you, the listener at home can follow along like it's a school. Um, so when Lincoln park in the old, old days of, of my youth, uh, because i am a old gentleman uh in the early days when they were thank you thank you so much in the old days when they released hybrid theory uh and uh reanimation meteora you know those are the early 2000s -hmm. those albums changed the game yes they did they i mean lincoln park was on the map hardcore because of those albums and then you listen to uh because meteor came out in 2003 four years later you have minutes to midnight now minutes to midnight a lot of people were iffy about it why Mm -hmm. because minutes of midnight kind of started going more radio rock um the song what i've done was on the uh the movie transformers uh bleed it out was a really heavy song gave some undertones to the old uh, old uh, styles um given up another one that you know threw it back to the old styles uh but shadow had, of the
1: day was a little bit of a, a shock factor too i bet for some fans
0: well yeah i agree shadow of the day and leave out all the rest mm-hmm. um, were two that i would go as far as saying that really kind of started drifting but in a good way because you know chester came out and explained like look these are songs him and Mike both came out and said, look, these are songs that really uh, resonate with us for multiple reasons. Um, these are things that we want to bring notice to, um, you know, shadow of the day was a deep, deep song, deep song, like especially listening nowadays
1: since Chester's passing.
0: Yeah. So it's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like uh, if you follow Lincoln park throughout the, the entirety of their career and you know, of course, Chester Bennington passed away. Uh, just a couple years ago, like understanding how deep shadow of the day is and that call out, like literally it's a song of him screaming out saying, help me. Yeah. Like it's him literally hands held out saying, I need help. And that was, that was huge. Like that was intense in every way when you look back at it now. And then so you go on further, you see A Thousand Sons, you see, um, what else is it, uh, Living Things, you see Recharged, The Hunting Party. All of these albums that came after that were all over the map. Mm-hmm. Because it like, and nothing against them, but they really caught some flack for it. Like, I remember when they released the hunting party, um, they were all like, I mean, they were on a big campaign for that, and they mm-hmm. were explaining, like, uh, yeah, the hunting party has you know, we wanted to expand and add some elements of folk, we wanted to add some elements of, of just you know, um, more of a like a um, a metalcore sound in yeah, some uh, songs, uh, yeah, metalcore, but then also chill vibes in some, like, they were all over the map, and it, and, and honestly, like, if again, if you watch their career from the beginning like where they started with you know the red and bleach blonde hair dye and and like the, the the trip pants and uh you know the the crazy music videos and all this stuff like you get to that stuff and you go well where's that and so- go ahead so all i'm gonna say and like i know
1: a lot of people may view this as a cop-out argument and so i i'm saying this with that knowledge but you gotta think how old were you know lincoln park and under oath when hybrid theory and chasing safety first came out like you you, we we also got to keep that in a factor because like like we gotta think how were we when we were like teenagers and shit like that like we've changed a lot. So I would expect if I was in a band and I've been writing music since I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, I expect that sound to change a lot too.
0: Yeah. I mean, but in a way, so I'm trying to think, uh, of other bands. Well, well, actually one band we're going to talk about here soon, uh, in this episode is one that I can use that same concept for, uh, of, you know, having a sound that's still this very similar to their old sound today. Um, but like you could look at metalcore bands like, for instance, Killswitch Engage. the the It some might call them the pioneers of metalcore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they still have the exact same driving sound, but they they didn't reinvent the wheel. What they did was they just revitalized their sound every single record. Right. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if it was Jesse or Howard on the mic, like. It didn't matter if their old drummer played or uh, or uh, JFO. It doesn't matter if it was uh, Adam, you know, on uh, drums or uh, whoever, like uh, whether Joel has long hair or Mike D has a giant caveman beard. Like it didn't matter what their, their stick was the sound. You knew it's kill switch. Like the moment you hear their songs, it's kill switch every time. And that's something that I appreciate with bands. Again, not reinventing the wheel, but revitalizing your sound. Now, again, I appreciate bands like Linkin Park for going out of their element and, st- and doing such. But the thing is, like I like I go back to before, and a lot of musicians might disagree with me on this, but when you go too far out of your box to try and add in all these extra elements, it really does get to a point where your listeners go like, okay, I was kind of hoping for some old sounds here. Like I was kind of hoping for a bit more of the old, you kind of usher in a lot more new, like, you know, give the listener a a, a dose of it. Don't, don't, you know, super soaker their ass as soon as they, you know, with, with brand new material, that's doesn't sound anything like before. Like give them, give them a dose, give them give them a taste, you know?
1: So like a transition from like hybrid theory to Meteora, you would say is a healthy dose of change. Extremely,
0: extremely. Cause if you go listen, I, can get, it, I can on that. like if you go, so one thing I love to do is I love to go and listen to albums. And the first song of that album is what really tells me like, okay, what am I in for? If you go listen to um, hybrid theory, you listen to paper cut paper cut will get you jacked. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Then you go listen to Meteora. You listen to forward and don't stay. Doesn't sound much like the old. Mm-mm. sounds enough but not much and you've got Somewhere I Belong, Lying From You, Hit the Floor, Easy to Run, Faint, Faint's a great song um, nice. you know, uh, Figure 09 Breaking the Habit from the Inside, Nobody's Listening and then of course you can't forget the hit off of Meteora, Numb again, yeah. another trek. good lord if that wasn't my, my anthem of my teenage years like, and uh honestly when I ever started listening to heavy music but you know you listen to those tracks and I agree it's a healthy dose of change but when you go into the you go into the recording studio you go all right you know what we've been playing this kind of music for a long time now we're going this route
1: and I guess also what I'll say is like last thing I'll say on the Under Earth thing I promise but like I think that where Underath kind of kicked themselves with with making Erase Me was erase me would have been i think that they just had the timing wrong with erase me they had hyped this big comeback like crazy like you know it came out of nowhere but once it came dude everyone was like fucking ready like and that i mean i, I was one of those people just because you know again under is a band that shaped a lot of people when they were in their teenage and early 20 years but then now we're like in their like higher 20s early 30s so when yeah. they came back, they, they were like, Oh man, this is going to bring me back. This is what I need. And then erase me came out. Now well, if they would have come. Go ahead. If they would, I'm just saying if they would have released something that was a little bit more similar to their sound as their comeback record, erasing might've fit in a little bit better down the road.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, the more, the more I connect the dots in my head as we talk about this, I would say it almost seems as though they were trying to connect that, that they were trying to connect to the exact same age group. But the thing is they recognize that that age group that they connected with before are older and the age group that, you know, would be that same age now, which would be the teenagers in the early twenties. You know, all listen to different stuff now. So they, they, they recognize the fact that, Oh, the old sound really is only going to pander to the older audience i firmly believe if they and i agree with you on this if they gave like again a, a nice healthy dose uh of new and old i feel like the record would have resonated a lot better
1: sure i can get behind that not everyone's gonna be uh under a stand like hey as long as they're in a room together and they're making music i'll fucking love it that's me i understand that's not a lot of people
0: i yeah. get that i mean that's no. that's that's kind of like a super fan status honestly
1: Jeff, speaking of, wow, well, Jeff, Joe, speaking of a uh, super fan status, I believe that there is a, there's been some news lately about something that brings you back a little
0: bit. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So I, I wanted to say this too. Uh, you, you realize that you and I both have tattoos of the bands that we ultra stand for.
1: I I did know that. <laughs> and that's why I'm, that's why I was so excited when you brought up this story that we're about to talk about. I was like, bro, I got a story too. Let's just go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh so my favorite all-time band top top band all time without a doubt breaking benjamin um news broke today the day we're recording this which is two days before we release so this is january 20th when we're recording this uh news broke that uh breaking benjamin's single uh blow me away which came out in 2004 uh just went platinum which is enormous now i want to give a rundown real quick of all their platinum releases uh we are not alone album single plat uh, phobia album single plat so cold so cold single uh, single plat breathe single single plat dear agony album single plat I will not bow single double plat I, the diary of Jane single triple plat and then blow me away is a uh, single plat now a couple reasons why that song is huge for me number one of course is bringing Benjamin mm-hmm. Yep, you know, that that that's I'm ultra stan I don't care what anybody says hate them love them I don't care they're my favorite band of all time um, I have been Burnley. Uh, I have his signature tattooed on my skin right above the tattoo uh, that I got of their logo. Um, and that's a fun little story. I might get to that here in a little bit, but uh, the fact that blow me away. So I'll say this, the fact that it just went platinum blows my mind, but the fact that it went platinum fantastic because they absolutely deserve it. Now, you brought up a funny fact earlier today when we were talking about this. And for those of you who may not know Breaking Benjamin's history, uh, that's also the same song that broke them up.
1: <laughs> uh, so back in, uh, back in, what was it? What, what year was it that he fired his entire band?
0: Uh, let me, let me do a quick search. Cause I remember I, so the song, uh, let's see. Um, hang on a second.
1: It was released uh, on like a compilation album as a remix, wasn't it?
0: No, it wasn't a compilation. It was a single. Uh, breaks up.
1: Oh, that was later. Okay, that was later.
0: Uh, So this was in 2011. Okay. So to give a quick backstory on this, um, uh, the, the old, uh, old, folks in the band, Aaron Fink and Mark Klaplasky, uh, which Mark uh, So f- real quick too, I actually modeled a lot of my early bass playing on, uh, from Mark, um, Mark was, uh, was, and is still one of my favorite bassists of all times. Uh, so Aaron and Mark, uh, went behind Ben's back and created, huh?
1: He was like sick or something. He was taking some time off because of something he was dealing with physically or mentally or something.
0: Yeah. So he has a chronic illness. I can't remember exactly what it was and forgive me, you know, if that ruins my, you know, my super fan status, then take my badge. But he, he was battling a chronic illness and he still does to this day. He's just got it a lot more on, on, uh, on lock. So that way he can tour and such, but um, they were taking a little bit of a break uh, just because uh, of that. And so, uh, Aaron and Mark were like, well, we need to do something. So they went and did an unauthorized remix uh, with a lady vocalist at the time who went, at, uh, who was known as Valora. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they remixed Blow Me Away. Now, for those of you who don't know, Blow Me Away is, is genuinely one of Brang Benjamin's biggest hits. Along with Diary of Jane, which is ultimately their biggest, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. You have Breathe, you have So Cold, you have um i will not bow i will not bow you have uh oh lord i'm blanking um uh polyamorous Um, yeah like so uh you have all these uh songs that are hits well blow me away was huge for multiple reasons one again it was just a massive track when they released it awesome but two it was released with halo 2 (laughs) and halo 2 is one of the biggest games of all time uh and they and and i don't know if if anybody knows this but ben burnley is a massive massive nerd and a massive massive halo fan and he was ranting and raving when they got the chance to do that he jumped on it immediately and they put out a banger if mm-hmm. you haven't listened to blow me away and you've been living under a rock all your life go listen to blow me away fantastic song
1: all our listeners are like what halo 2 go i gotta go look this up
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, do it they're like what the hell is halo 2 i only know warzone (laughs) Um, (laughs) i remember that halo reach game but uh right but um so i actually just pulled up an article here and i'm gonna read this just for context of what happened with this uh post grunge group uh breaking benjamin Uh, Their longtime lineup is breaking up after lead singer Ben Burnley reportedly fired guitarist Aaron Fink and bassist Mark Kaplaski over an unauthorized remix of the band's song Blow Me Away. According to The Citizen's Voice... Of the band's hometown of Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, Burnley fired Fink and Kaplaski over email last May after the pair allegedly gave permission for a remix version of Blow Me Away to appear on the group's upcoming greatest hits album, Shallow Bay, The Best of Breaking Benjamin. Um, So that's probably... Yeah, that's probably the compilation you were thinking of. Uh, Burnley claims that Fink and Kaplaski were offered $100,000 by the band's label to approve the revised version of the song and that the pair did not inform him or the band's management of the remix. Uh... Attorneys for Fink and Kaplaski reportedly dispute and strictly deny Burnley's claim in a court filing last month, according to the Associated Press. Burnley's attorney, Brian Kaplan, says that the singer is seeking $250,000 in exclusive hold of the Breaking Benjamin moniker. The relationship between Mr. Burnley and the two other members of the band has ended, uh, Kaplan says. Mr. Burnley intends on moving forward using the name Breaking Benjamin, and the band will continue. It just won't continue in its prior configuration. He's not retiring. The band's management has declined to comment to billboard.com since performing in 1998. Breaking Benjamin has scored hits uh, hits like So Cold sooner or later and I Will Not Bow for their fourth album, Dear Agony, peaked at number four on the Billboard 200 in 2009. Shallow Bay, the the best of Breaking Benjamin, is currently slated for an August 16th release on Hollywood Records. And of course, again, this was done in uh, August 2nd, on August 2nd of 2011. So 10, almost nine, almost 10 years ago. So Jeff, let me ask you something. Do you remember that, that
1: remix being dropped of one yes. of your favorite songs? And how, how did you feel about it?
0: So it was not my favorite. I actually despised it.
1: The, no, uh, I'm talking about the original. Oh, I
0: loved the original.
1: That's what I'm saying. A remix of one of your favorites. Um,
0: yeah, clarify the question.
1: So do you remember like when that single dropped? Because you were obviously a fan of Blow Me Away, the original version. Of and then course. all of a sudden there was a remix version with this, with this lady singer who, by the way, did a fine job. I don't think any of us are harping on her. I'm sure she had nothing to do with it.
0: <laughs> well, man, you're in for, you're in for a treat because I'm going to start a discussion about that. Uh, okay. I, I did not think she sounded good. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying she's a bad vocalist. I just don't think her voice fit the song.
1: No, I agree with you. 100%.
0: So, so, um now, it's funny. Uh, it's funny reading that because uh, shortly after uh, that lawsuit was brought up and Ben won, by the way, uh, it came out that Ben did win that. Um, but uh, he shortly after that said the band broke up. <laughs> like, well, he it,
1: was like, he's like, it, these guys remix my song. I'm gonna get this money. And then we're, you know, saying that I'm not retiring. You know, and then it was just over.
0: Well, no, so it wasn't that, like, all the songs from the early stuff, they wrote as a band. Like, you know, granted, his name is in the title of the band, but everything that they wrote was the band's music. It's mm-hmm. when they decided, and like it says here, uh, he claims that Fink and Kaplaski were offered $100,000 by the band's label to approve the revised version. They took the money. Like, they took the money and did the remix with her and never told Ben, and Ben found out so that's where that came from like they they pretty much stole money and it came out in court that it was correct like ben won won the lawsuit um but the thing is he immediately after that said yeah i'm done like breaking benjamin's done and that was it and then a few years later of course that's when all of a sudden the breaking benjamin logo pops up out of nowhere on social media and everyone's kind of like what you're going through right now with under um everyone starts going hold the, wait what a second hold on wait what is this and then everyone started thinking when they released that logo they were like oh this is probably just another greatest hits album awesome yeah uh, yay okay or or oh this is just unreleased material yay okay
1: But the fans failure to recognize that we might get more.
0: (laughs) Well, well, so funny shortly after that, then on their, uh, their social media and their website, the five current members of the band, their names popped up and everyone went, what is this? And so I actually did some deep diving at the time. And I went and looked at all the social media that was active for those members of the band And all of them started to say they were such and such instrument for breaking Benjamin. And I went, huh. And then they were like, then they posted, I think a teaser of them in the studio. And I went, huh. And it just, it, you know, it grew from there. And then of course that's who you have today. Um, But uh, the fact that, you know, they went through all that, it sucks. Like, do I wish that, Uh, Of course, Aaron and Mark could still be in the band. Yes, because I mean, the the music that I grew up listening to with Breaking Benjamin, it has their sound to it. Like Mm -hmm. I've listened to, I've seen Breaking Benjamin live multiple times with the new lineup and you listen to those songs and it's Breaking Benjamin. It's definitely Breaking Benjamin. They're, They're there, they're live, they're in front of me. I'm hearing the songs, but it doesn't sound like Mark and Aaron, if that makes sense.
1: I think you being a like musician, I feel like you have the ability to recognize that a lot more than you know, your casual Breaking Benjamin fan, which I would say I am. Um, because I would say that Breaking Benjamin is one of those bands that has maintained I wouldn't say the exact same sound, but a very close to it their whole career. So the fact that you notice those things, that I mean, that's that's awesome because I, I don't think I could.
0: Well, and, and honestly, it, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, really, that I could do that. But at the same time, like, I think it's just because I've, I've listened to their music so much and paid attention to their sound so much that that's where it comes from, that mm-hmm. it's not it's not just the, the typical like uh oh you know it's oh you know those members aren't there anymore so you're not going to hear it anymore like no it's it genuinely doesn't sound like them um now the music that they're putting out today does still sound like breaking benjamin they didn't reinvent the wheel they didn't you know they're not pandering to an audience that they felt like they should pander to uh they're they're still breaking benjamin they're playing music that they know that their fans love and that other people might enjoy as well um and I love it. Like, every single album they put out, even Aurora, Aurora their their acoustic uh, uh, album, I enjoy it. Um, I think that uh, it was odd that they went that route just because, you know, I've heard acoustic tracks from them before. Like, um, the song Rain, one of my favorite acoustic tracks mm, by them. The, such the, a
1: beautiful song.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, Rain is just absolutely um, just magical like that it, it genuinely is one of those songs where you can turn it on while it's raining outside and be like yes mm-hmm. take me away yep. um you you hear those songs uh you hear just about well just about any acoustic track that you put out before and you can tell like this is this is it's a tangible item if you will it's 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 there it's fit in it's it's uh, molded well into the, the record it's molded well into their tracks and it still has their feel. Uh, but it, it just seemed odd that they went that route for that, but also at the same time, I get it because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Aurora came out last year during, uh, yeah, it came out in 2020 during the pandemic And, and, uh, it makes sense as to why they did that because, uh, from a band standpoint, you know uh if you listen to aurora aurora is filled with song like just acoustic versions of their songs but then you have uh there was a new track on there what was it called um far away yeah you know that's just one track that's just one track on the record that's new uh and and fresh uh they had scooter ward on it um you know that no one's going to be banging down their doorstep for them to tour on one track. When you put out a new album filled with all this new music that sounds just like you brings the heavy, brings the singing, brings the screams, brings the, brings the heat. People are going to be like, I need this and I need it now. And I need to see you live. And from a, from a business standpoint, it's smart that they went acoustic. It's smart that they went and did an acoustic rendition of of 10 different songs that they've uh, done, well not technically, and then one uh, new one because it's giving you a, a fresh flavor on those songs while they still have time to write their new record and then when they put out their new record, I guarantee you they're going to drop a new record when the world says, "Hey, it's okay to go tour again and go to shows." Yeah like
1: uh, something i'll say about aurora too is, is um i i feel like it had to have been fun for them to do like i don't know if you have your spotify pulled up right now i do but there are more features on this album than ben's ever been like ever allowed on any of his albums in the past
0: uh and i'm fairly certain he's never allowed any like i'm fairly certain they've never actually, had any. i think you're right i think the only feature was the one that broke up the band correct
1: <laughs> so but like i mean so let's talk about this for a second. Did you remember when the Dear Agony Aurora version with Lacey Sturm dropped? Yes. I, I I can already hear it in your voice that maybe you weren't the biggest fan of that, but that song is beautiful. I I think that that was that's probably my favorite song on. So
0: I, I'm gonna surprise you. Uh, I would say that's probably one of the best two of the best renditions on the that record. Oh. So I'm I, so I grew up listening to Flyleaf, and I grew up listening to like Lacey Sturm and her solo stuff, and Same. um and uh, I've actually met her before. Tiny tiny woman. Tell you right that tell you that right now. I'm a big dude. <laughs> I stand six four, uh, over three hundred pounds. She is a tiny woman, probably ninety pounds soaking wet. But I can tell you right now, that woman gets down, dude, like her, her, she. Her, go ahead.
1: Her stuff is so good. That's all I was gonna say. Like her solo stuff and oh, yeah. Flyleaf.
0: Oh yeah. No, without a doubt. Like, so uh, I actually saw her um, uh, a band that I've once played in that I still won't name. Uh, Cause I, this isn't about that. Um, <laughs> so <coughs> a band that I played in, we played a festival uh, called Uprise Fest in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, which is about four, four and a half hours from here, maybe, maybe five hours. Um, it's up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. Beautiful place. I have do uh, a tractor pull out there. Sounds about right. There's a lot of farmland out there. <laughs> um yeah, drop that real
1: quick.
0: So, uh we went out there and played and the day we played, uh they had um Lacey played, uh she had her solo stuff, but she also played a lot of flyleaf stuff with her solo act, which was cool. Uh they had uh, Family Force 5. They had um uh, Disciple. Uh if you couldn't tell this was a Christian metal Christian like rock and metal festival. Uh, they had, and then the headliner on uh, side stage that night was, um, oh, good Lord. Um, oh, good Lord. What's, the, oh, what's the name of the band? Uh, <laughs> this sucks. Um, what, what
1: year did you go? I'm going to look up this festival for my own curiosity.
0: Oh, I couldn't even tell you that. Demon Hunter is who headlined. There we go. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I was sitting here like, who was it? I was gonna um, say if
1: he's a, if he says skillet if he forgot it was skillet I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mad.
0: <laughs> no skillet so skillet headlined the night before. Um, okay. I remember, So the reason I couldn't remember who it was was um, so demon hunter. It's funny a little side side story to this. Demon hunter was uh, in the uh, tent. Uh, so they like the the tent where everyone all the bands could go to get their drinks and whatnot and relax for a second because it was a very hot summer day. Um, when we got in there. Ryan Clark, uh, the vocalist who is a phenomenal vocalist, a phenomenal individual and a gentleman of all sorts, uh, was just laying there on the couch. <laughs> and I, I was like, that's Ryan Clark. And all the guys in the band were like, yes, it is. Now. Uh, I remember Alvin, uh, again, not going to name the band. If you can't put two and two together, go home. Um, but Alvin actually, uh, was like giddy, like super giddy when he saw him. And I was like, go talk to him." He goes, no, I can't. I was like, why not? He's just a dude, and he was like, "No, no." I've looked at that guy for a long time. I was like, "All right, watch this." And I watched, walked over. I was like, "Hey, Ryan," and the guy, and Ryan looks up. He goes, "What's up, man?" I was like, "Hey, just want to give you a shout out, dude. Big fan. Um, hope you have a great set. We just played. It was awesome." Uh, and I just want to say hello and introduce myself. Uh, name's Joe, and uh, talked for a second. Uh, super cool dude. Super chill. Super laid back. Super introverted. I will say that. But uh, yeah, funny thing. And then of course, when I did that, Alvin was just like what like he was kind of mesmerized by the fact that i just walked up to him and talked to him I'm like it's he, he's a dude just like us but um uh what was i saying oh yeah going back to lacy here so lacy again tiny woman big voice uh when i heard dear agony with her on it now mind you dear agony is already a beautiful song yes absolutely absolutely beautiful song um when I heard it with her on it, it just, it blew it, it not for, not for puns sake. uh It blew me away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just in every way. Phenomenal. Um Her voice. And and I believe Ben's that's voice, the only
1: song they dropped a music video for too. Right. Or did they have a music video for uh far away? Too? Yeah. They had, they um, had one for far away.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, they had one for both of those. I uh, don't think they did any other ones because uh, "Red Cold River" wasn't uh, one that they had <clears throat> on Ember. Um, failure, I think they did one uh, way back. Um, of course, Fans you know, of the
1: Devil had one too. I'm pretty sure.
0: Fairly certain. Also, Adam Gantier
1: on that. Fantastic. That was a um, fan service move. A move, a hundred percent.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. A hot take. Adam Gontier got screwed by three days. Grace. Absolutely. P- please at me, please at me at Twitter uh, at get underscore low underscore pod. Do it. Bro. Um, but it's sad. Uh,
1: what happened there? Because that was one of it, three days. Grace with Adam was like one of the biggest rising bands absolutely. in that same genre. Absolutely.
0: Um, but no, so dear agony, I thought was fantastic. I think, I think the whole album was great. Um, I think everything about it was just uh, beautiful, well done, great business move. And again, like I said, once the world opens back up and we see that we can start going back to shows and actually enjoying music live again, I think you're really going to see uh, breaking Benjamin drop a, a brand new record. Uh, that's going to blow minds and um, it's going to blow you away. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I think, I think back to uh, when they released dark before dawn, um, Cause they released the year agony in 2009 that the, the, so the uh, blow me away cover came out in 11, 11. Yep. The remix. Yeah. And then the very next album that came out was dark before dawn in 2015. In that I take time 30 frame, seconds
1: to talk about Ashes of Eden, too, since you were just bringing up Dark Before Dawn. I'm just uh, I'm just going through these albums that you're talking about, and I'm like, man,
0: these songs are fucking good. But like, that, that proves my point even more about how amazing Breaking Benjamin is at staying in their lane, giving great uh, quality music, and not having to reshape the wheel, mm-hmm. so, so to speak. Like they know their niche. They know that they put out phenomenal music that everyone can enjoy. Their super fans will always be pleased. And that's just it. Like, and and that's the thing is when you take a band who went from 2009, putting out dear agony, which was a a full record of amazing songs Mm -hmm. and they go six years without doing anything, the band broke up. Well, the, the band goes through a lawsuit. The band breaks up. The The band reforms with new members. And then they create a new album called Dark Before Dawn with, I mean, bangers front to back. I'm going to go but, out on a limb here. I'm
1: going I'm to die on this hill.
0: I don't think Breaking
1: Benjamin has a skippable song
0: besides the remix of Blow Me Away. They don't. I can sit here and tell you right now without a doubt, fat, fact, fully fact. I can sit down and listen to every single Breaking Benjamin record front to back and never get bored.
1: Yep. Um, Joe, a band I want to bring up while we're on this topic and how are we doing on time? Uh, I don't
0: know. Uh, Oh, I mean, we got a couple minutes. All
1: right, cool. So a band that I view in a very similar light as you do Breaking Benjamin. And I I feel like you might agree with me, is Shine Down. And I'm bringing up Shine Down actually because I got to talk about something, but right before we got on, I was actually watching a live version of their cover of "Simple Man" by Skynyrd, okay. and I, I I want to say that to put it on the record. That is one of my favorite covers of all time. I am a fan of the original, and I but I'm a bigger fan of Brent Smith's voice over that track. Now, I think the, a lot of people reason, would agree with you. Yes. And the reason I'm bringing this up is just because shine down is another example of one of those bands that has not ever significantly really changed their sound. I would, I would argue. So I think they're living off of that. I think they're doing great because of that.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I didn't get into shine down until the sound of madness.
1: That's about right for me too. I'd say I went back for their old stuff after sound of madness came out.
0: Yeah, back in two thousand eight when they when they released the sound of madness, because um, I remember they were doing a big presser for uh, their singles, uh, devour, the sound of madness, and second chance. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I, I didn't really get into them until then, and I've never been. I don't want to say I'm a, a fan. I'm a fair weathered listener.
1: Okay.
0: Um, you I can appreciate th- them. I fully, fully, I firmly agree with you. The simple man, uh, cover is just <clears throat> out of this world. I've heard it live. Phenomenal, phenomenal live. I'm so Ab- jealous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just floored me when I heard it live. Um, also I will say this along with breaking Benjamin, one band that everyone needs to see live is shine down. Uh, when I saw them live, it was in Salem, Virginia, uh, inside the civic center where the uh, some where basketball teams go and play so it's a big gymnasium <clears throat> and these boys brought out pyro in the gym <laughs> now I want you to understand this where the stage was in comparison to where I was standing okay I'm gonna say that the front of the stage to me was roughly about... Fifty yards, half a football field because I was standing right up against the back wall. I was in the front row from Brigham Benjamin. Don't get me wrong because they were touring together. I was in the front row for Brigham Benjamin, but I went to the back for Shinedown because I was like, not a huge fan. Like, I'm a fair-weathered listener. I'll, I'll enjoy it for what it is. Uh, just thinking to myself, like, you know, this is music that like, I like some of their songs. Never really got into them. Mm-hmm. When their pyro went off, <laughs> I it felt like I, would. it felt like I had my face next to a campfire and I was 50 yards away. Like you want to talk about some boys who put on a show? I had, I-, I mean, I would guarantee to say that they are probably in the top five, easily top five of any artist I've ever seen live of all the festivals and shows I've attended top five for, for performance,
1: bro, my comeback show after Corona, I want to see shine down with their pyro in the canal club on the top
0: floor. Uh, no, cause they will set fire to that building. Like <laughs> I'm saying that, so behind the drummer, they, so uh, on the backside and, and just visualize this for a moment, they had a three pronged pyro system set up on the left side of stage, on the right side of the stage and on, um, the middle of the uh, stage. Okay. Okay. Uh, When, uh, well, behind the drummer, middle of the stage, when that pyro went off, the three prong system shot the flames easily, easily 50 to 60 feet in the air. I mean, like it was blinding light of fire when they went off. If they did that in the canal club, that place isn't standing after that. We're all getting out very quickly and I mean probably stampede, someone's going to die. That's how intense their pyro was. When they the very last song, of course you know how bands like uh, the very last song they'll they'll ring out the note and like thank you so much, we appreciate you, good night. And then you'll hear that last downstroke beat. When they mm-hmm. did that, they had a firework go off and I swear to you, it felt like a slug to my chest.
1: <laughs> Dude, that I I hope you know I've seen a lot of bands shine down is one of the bands I have not seen. And I will see before I die. You heard it here.
0: I mean, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll go with you. I will go with you All just right. for the sake of the show, because they put on one heck of a show. I don't have to be a super fan to see that they just put on one heck of a show, but yeah, I will tell you now, man. Um, and I know we said in the last episode, but I'm, I'm ready for shows to come back. Cause I would love to see Breaking Benjamin. I still I still want to say on record, I believe that one of the bands that was going to pop up as a headliner on uh, last year's Blue Ridge Rock Fest was Breaking Benjamin, but I cannot confirm or deny that allegation. Um,
1: Joe, if there's ever a tour with Breaking Benjamin and Shine Down on it, I don't care what we have going on, we're going.
0: Just imagine if we could do an episode like there or with them.
1: that that that's that's uh that's pete <laughs> <laughs> that's like luke bryan coming on our show man it's like the top top of the tier
0: one day one day
1: um joe i know we're coming to an end here shortly um but i uh i i i believe we have a a, a song from each of us that we want to recommend to our listeners um it, that we have heard this week that we want other people to hear as well
0: uh i mean so <laughs> the idea was to talk about underground for that um i don't have any underground music but i'm just going to recommend for anybody who has never heard it go listen to blow me away perfect because because I, I it's an old enough song where a lot of our listeners probably haven't heard it before um and there's probably a lot of people out there who may not have heard it in general go listen to blow me away by breaking benjamin and get blown away
1: all right my song of the week simple man cover by shinedown It'll change your life. Go listen to it. It will.
0: It will. Well, on that note, uh, we are going to jet out of here uh you know if you like this share it for a friend uh you know get in on all the fun music stuff uh if you want to send us some topics or some things you know even your thoughts on what we discussed by all means uh hit the link in our anchor channel uh and uh, leave us a voice message or or a text message on there and we'll definitely bring it up uh you, of course you can also uh tweet at us uh where aaron
1: uh at our twitter is at get underscore low underscore pod
0: there you go shoot us a tweet on there uh we are sharing all of our episodes on there we're trying to get a good community going on there we'd love to hear back any feedback from you uh and uh, let us know what you think but we're signing off as always i'm joe i'm Aaron. and as always